0: I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels.
1: And I'm Dautess, better known as the Donna of Beer.
0: Welcome to episode 37 of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the Ukrainian golden ale, a newish style of beer with utes in Ukraine craft beer scene. Visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And if you're feeling generous, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash allaboutbeer, to support this show and others. Hey, Don, let's start the new year off right by wishing our listeners a very happy new year.
1: Cheers, everyone. Happy new year. I don't have and... a, like, a noisemaker thingy, <laughs> yeah. but otherwise I'd blow it.
0: I started. I made this noise. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know. That's not that is not, that's not a party song. I don't even know what that sounds like. A <laughs> european police siren i don't know um but anyway this is a gentle reminder that if you like this show please tell your friends and wish them a wonderful new year as well because you know what it's just a nice thing to do
1: that's true uh and if you are cool and obviously you are because you're listening to this podcast but if your friends are also cool you should let them know about this show
0: now don have you ever had a ukrainian golden owl
1: Uh, I have. I actually had one. Yeah, I was in Ukraine uh, a few years ago. uh, And there's a brewery there called Pravda. And I I had uh, theirs. Uh, And since then, too, I've had a couple more as that beer style has spread. So uh, Hmm. I like it. How about you?
0: So I I haven't, but I've actually been to Ukraine many years ago. My sister was in the Peace Corps and she lived in Ukraine, uh, in Western Ukraine on the Romanian border and taught English there. And though I was there, the craft beer scene—this so is 2011 or so—was just getting off the ground. So I've never mm. had one. You uh, haven't had one I, in
1: North America either, then?
0: No, no, okay. I haven't. Well, I, we are rem- we to learn lot about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. We got to remedy that. So, but I did really like their 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 loggers are really good. Mostly, I had mass produced stuff, uh, but I really liked their like their belay, their wheat, um, their lagers. You know, I was there in the summer, and I was just walk walking down the street drinking beer. Yeah. uh and beer was like dirt cheap it was like beer was sold in the subway cheap as borscht?
1: it was like kidding. 30
0: i did the math once about the krivna is their currency i believe and uh it was 35 cents for a bottle of like loviski lager. wow they're 35 cents and uh, i was like i love this country yeah
1: <laughs> i liked it too
0: If you would like to help support the All About Beer podcast, please reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Speaking of supporting the show, here is a word from our sponsors.
2: Estrella Galicia, where brewing excellence has been a family tradition since 1906. Today, the fifth generation proudly continues the brewery's legacy. Immerse yourself in the rich taste of Galicia with its traditional family recipe, brewed consistently with the same authentic ingredients and methods. Trust them to deliver traditional flavor that's like no other every single time. Estrella Galicia is all about lager, rooted in German brewing heritage. Maintaining its commitment to tradition, they brew exclusively in their brewery in La Corunia. Each beer boasts its own distinctive recipe. No shortcuts, no compromises. Their passion for beer sets them apart as they embrace and celebrate the art of brewing. At Australia Galicia, they love beer above all things. Experience the difference, sip by sip. And attention, brewers. Registration is now open for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judge in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. In addition to traditional styles, new this year is the Smoothie Sour Style category and the Collaboration competition. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024 by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Don't delay, learn more, and get your beer signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register.
0: Lana Svitankova is a Ukrainian beer author, translator, educator, avid traveler, and foodie currently based in Zurich, Switzerland. Writing about beer is her way of sharing love and knowledge about the drink in her homeland and letting the world discover the young Ukrainian beer scene. Beers for all, and all styles are beautiful, are her catchphrases. Being a certified BJCP judge, certified Cicerone, and certified aficionado, She judges both homebrewing and commercial competitions of all sizes locally and around the world. Cameron Compton is the founder, owner, and head brewer at Midwest Coast brewing company. Founded in 2019 in Chicago, Midwest Coast strives to create a great place for people to gather over classic beer styles. Cameron and his wife Susie, who was born in Ukraine, were introduced to the Ukrainian Golden Ale Project through Lana shortly before the war started in February 2022. Midwest Coast continues to brew its Ukrainian Golden Ale which uh, which means victory, to help raise money for the Ukrainian war relief effort. To date, they've raised over $13,000 for a variety of organizations aimed at improving the lives of Ukrainians impacted by the war. Welcome to the show, Lana and Cameron. Hi, uh, absolutely thrilled and honored to be your guest today.
3: Thanks very much for having us.
0: Well, thank you so much for making time uh, to talk to us. Uh, Lana, I want to start with you. Uh, first of all, I've never had a... I've been to Ukraine. Um, I went in 2000... Oh, gosh, 2011. Um, But uh, I've never had a Ukrainian golden ale. So can you talk about the history of this style with us? Yeah, sure. Uh, So uh,
4: probably you couldn't even get that uh, basically Ukrainian golden ale until just maybe three, four years ago because... um, I mean, um, we in Ukraine, we don't have, you know, like centuries-old brewing tradition like Germany or like Belgium or UK. So uh, it's kind of, you know, imposter syndrome uh, creeping in. So uh, it was very difficult for people to just assume they have... Um, something of their own to bring in, you, you know, like the global um, beer sandbox. So that beer just mostly went under a golden ale, and I, I myself was quite skeptical until maybe like five, six years ago. And uh, then I've got my uh, BGCP certification. People started joking like, oh, now we have a judge. So like, let's make a Ukrainian golden ale a proper style. So it kind of grew from that joke. And now we are here. (laughs) But basically, yeah, the first, the prototype uh, was brewed in 2009 in Donetsk uh, at John Hughes Brewery. So, uh, but again, it was named just like and marketed as a golden ale, but it was uh, kind of different from, it wasn't a Belgian golden ale, it wasn't a British golden ale, but it definitely got its inspiration uh, from a trip to Belgium, uh, which uh, the head brewer of that brewery took and uh, he was very, you know, very uh, traditional, like German style and Heist about guy, like nothing in my beer besides four basic ingredients. And then he went to Belgium and yeah, like Angel sang, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, he's got his revelation. <laughs> and said, so, okay, I can manage spices in my beer, but no sugar. So basically, then he came back and he tried to do a strong... Uh, Hundred percent malt golden ale. He added coriander, and oh, uh, because wow. it was a brew pub, uh, they didn't filter it. They just they they've got very high IPV. It's like I mean high, say seven percent. It's not very high. Quite sweet because Ukrainians have a sweet tooth um, and a bit spicy beer, which actually wasn't um, Belgian type. Um, it had didn't had a, the Del, Belgian type aroma, so it wasn't phenolic, nothing like that. It was a clean one, uh, because it was brewed with uh, not Belgian strain of yeast.
0: Oh, okay. So, what what yeast do they use? So, um, it, like-
4: it was like a, like nowadays, it's mostly USO five or Safale
0: S thirty three. So they they quite clean. Cameron, when you brewed this, what yeast strain did you use? Did you so, use your house strain or was there something you wanted? No, to we went
3: with, um, we went with the Safeville S33, but like Lana said, it's it's very clean. We ferment it on the cool side of that e strain's um, temperature range. So we started out around uh, Fahrenheit 66. So that's definitely cool as far as I, I think S33 is technically a Belgian strain, but we we ferment it on the cool side. And then we, after 24 hours, we let it free rise up. Um, This time of year in the winter, it doesn't free rise up very much, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it'll get up to, you know, 71, 72 Fahrenheit. So we do get with our version, we do get a little bit of kind of that Belgian phenolic um, flavor profile, but since we started out so cool, it's, it's very subdued, which is Great, because I'm not a huge Belgian beer fan, so I love our Ukrainian <laughs> golden ale, because the Belgianness of it is rather subdued.
0: Lana, is there a reason the coriander was chosen? Is there a significance in Ukrainian culture with coriander? Or is it just a flavor that the brewer really liked and was like, I'm going to add this?
4: To be honest, I have never asked him about that, but... Oh. um the funny thing is, uh, Ukraine grows a lot of coriander. Oh. And um, I found out about it like maybe four or five years ago again. Uh, then I listened to a podcast um, with a Belgian brewer. And they were talking about Belgian wits. And they use a lot of coriander in those beers. And he mentioned that like lots of coriander, they get, they actually get it from Ukraine. And oh, I was like, oh. hmm, it was very fun in terms of like... People usually say, oh, if you want to have uh, your country beer, you have to use like local ingredients. So probably, the, but to be honest, the only ingredients like which are truly Ukrainian in most Ukrainian golden ales is water and coriander, because everything else mostly is imported.
1: But, but, but Ukraine does grow melting barley, does it not?
4: Yeah. Um... Um... We grow a lot of barley, but it's mostly cattle feed barley. Oh. Um, there's like tiny, like minuscule part of it, which is, goes for malting, like brewery, uh, brewing malt. But mo- um, mostly it's used by one uh, big uh, brewery, which is Obolong. Uh, it's like the biggest independent brewery in Europe. It's still independent. It doesn't belong to any big corporation and mostly they use Ukrainian barley, but yeah, that's quite limited to them
1: um can you either lana or cameron i guess distill this beer style down uh, from a sensory standpoint um like is it it sounds like a cross between duval and who garden maybe
4: oh no it's 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 nowhere that uh bacon coriander and not that much wheat uh profile so um if i would Describe it. So the main uh, the main feature is it will be higher than ABV, like about six, seven. So not that high as Belgian ones, but way higher than British ones. It will have a sweet dish uh, aftertaste because it will be malty, but not glowingly sweet, but definitely malty. Uh, The touch of coriander will give it like more citrusy note than like uh, specifically very pungent, spicy uh, profile. And yeah, it's clean. like So mostly no phenolics, uh, no cloves, nothing like this. Again, what you would expect from Belgian
1: bees. Okay, excellent. Thank you
0: um lana i wanted to stick with you for a second um so what um when you so when you live in switzerland right now when did you leave ukraine uh it was almost five years ago just before pandemics okay um so what was the beer scene like when you were living there because you worked for a brewery correct in kiev am i correct yeah
4: yeah i worked for, for that brewery for six and a half years and that was i bet the most exciting part of my career ever and um but the thing is uh the uh, craft beer in ukraine um started probably like officially the first brewery calling itself craft it was a contract brewery it was established in 2012 so the scene is like on in a pretty baby steps now but then it started it was just like like lagging maybe five years behind everything else in the world so like oh like some new techniques and they're just coming five years later oh hazy IPAs, they're coming like two three years later but now it's like they catch up and it's it's way easier for uh, Ukrainian brewers now because they have an access to internet, they have access to forums, they can talk to people, they can read because it's like way before it was way more difficult to find any information on new styles, new techniques, new ingredients, uh, new hops, everything new. And now we just can just come and um, uh with the friendly help of other brewers, we can just um, learn from the global experience. I would say, so like uh, then the cold IPAs just uh, appeared in US. Uh, we had a cold IPA call up uh, brewed in Ukraine uh, between American brewery and Ukrainian brewery. So we just like caught up on everything which is going on in the world. So like new products appearing approximately on the same time scale. So uh, it was very exciting. Like Sometimes I would rather have them not copying stuff I don't personally <laughs> like. Hazy Pilsner. But,
0: um,
4: yeah, probably, yeah. Hazy Pilsner is not what I would like, <laughs> or like smoothie, uh, fruity types of beer, which I don't have any uh, beer in them, but yeah. Uh, so they can play with everything they want and they, they're they not lacking in anything besides maybe right now the buying capacity. So like there is not that much uh, um, income which people can spend for beer right now. Right.
1: Um, Cameron, how did you, this project, how did your involvement, I guess, in this project get, come together? How did you... Sure, yeah. And, um, and then decide to to make this beer?
3: So, um, if you're familiar with the with the beer blog Good Beer Hunting, they are only about I don't know their, their office is only about fifty meters straight north of our brewery. Uh, they're just one block north of us, and uh, one of their their writers uh, knew Lana and knew that my wife Susie uh, had been born in Ukraine. Her family left in 89, uh, 88 or late 88 or early 89, right before uh, the Berlin Wall fell. Um, So he knew there was a connection uh, to Ukraine through through us. And I was just, honestly, I was just checking the dates because I wanted to make sure I had that email connection right. And he had actually connected us with Lana uh, on February 23rd, 2022, which is one day before uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Oh my god. Uh, the, the most recent time so um i i wanted to make sure i had that right but yes i just checked my emails and those dates are correct so uh lana reached out to us uh, we got connected via good beer hunting through mike kaiser there and obviously within 24 hours we're like well i, I think this might be put on hold for a hot second given the state of things um but within a few weeks, Lana was right back emailing us, letting us know, like, no, this is now the time that we should really be trying to spread the word about this style. We want to get this recognized by BJCP. We want to get brewers around the world doing it. And we were obviously hooked immediately. I mean, my, the connection through my wife, her family has traveled back to Poland several times uh, since the war started to volunteer. Um, for her stepmom is a doctor, so she's been helping uh, in all sorts of ways over there uh, so it was just so obviously something we wanted to be involved in and we figured well why not we why don't we just you know not only make this beer but use it as a means to uh, raise funds for various organizations that are assisting with the Ukrainian war effort um, so in April of 22 there uh, one of the brewers from uh, Barvar Brew in Kiev uh, came over and uh, he managed to get out of Ukraine. He was a British national, um, managed to get out of Ukraine and come over to the U.S. and basically came over to our brewery. And we sat down and, and uh, talked for a little while about this beer style. It's, it's funny, Lana mentioned the, the hybridization between a, a, a British golden or a British strong ale and a Belgian. Because when we first got the, the proposed BJCP style guidelines, we sat down with our brew team here and we're just like, well, this doesn't sound like anything we've ever seen, but it sounds like a mashup of a British and a Belgian. So I guess let's go for that. Um, so in April of 2022, we brewed it for the first time. Uh, we released it in May, uh, held a big fundraiser here. We've been, you know, I think since we've since we've started, we've been able to raise over about fourteen thousand dollars for various organizations and. Um, uh assisting in the ukrainian war effort and it's been really phenomenal to see all the support come out it's something that's obviously very near and dear to my heart and to my wife's heart since she was born there in odessa um and we are we're just we're just thrilled to be a part of it um it's 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 been remarkable to see such great support from our community
0: lonnie you you came yeah uh lonnie you came over to chicago last year for an event Um. Uh, Yeah. God. It was.
4: It's already last
0: year, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Last. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It It was twenty (laughs) twenty-four.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was like November, but it was last year. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Um. Basically, I combined um all the best things in one go. So I was able to come to the big festival to judge at the competition and to take part at the can release. So, um, basically. This is so important to me like personally because then I asked uh, Cam and Susie like, about w- what you think about beer. And I said, people like it so much, we're going to brew it again. So oh, good. Um, just, uh, Cam, can you tell me, was it like the fifth iteration, fifth batch? Uh,
3: we are on, goodness, great question. I think we are on batch, yeah, five or six right now. Um, and it's it's something we're going to continue to make you know, seasonally, probably twice a year for both release and canon and kegs and and I've been pretty hard with our team here that it's always gonna be something that we use to raise funds for, for organizations to help with the war effort. It's never gonna be just like a beer that we make purely for our own uh well being because it's just I mean there's just so much behind it that we uh uh you know that matters a lot to us.
4: So, but especially this like continuous thing, uh, for me it matters also not, not only because of the support, which is absolutely priceless, but also people like it just for the merit of the beer. Yeah, so it's not it's, yeah. like something <laughs> artificial. It's not mm. like you are just want to like okay, look at this. This is a new style. We're brewing it like maybe one time, and that's it, just to tick it off from the list. But yeah, if people like it it's all the better
3: oh uh, that's that's kind of you to say it is it is always uh in the in the top five when we have it on for a draft list i think people are initially drawn to it uh because of the story but hey yeah people seem to like it so that's a plus too.
0: that's awesome is it yeah. um cameron is that is this kind of style something you guys would brew? do you at your brewery do you brew like like a wide range of stuff are you known for one thing so does this this beer stand out or does it does it meld with your uh you know brewing profile
3: well it it certainly stands out i think it would stand out on anybody's draft list just with having the word ukrainian in it because the the average you know the average craft beer consumer is just unfamiliar with seeing that term um describing a beer as far as how it fits in our lineup I mean, we've uh, we stand out in how much we don't stand out in the beers we make. We're a very classic style brewery. Yeah. Um, we make uh, you know we make English pale ales and we make um, you know German lager, German pilsners, and we make things like that. You know, we will dabble in some you know fun stuff because everyone wants you know a, a fruited sour or something like that. And obviously, in the summertime. You know, with our patios open, up four and a half percent fruited sour ale just absolutely crushes. So we make things like that, but for the most part, no, we we like classic styles uh, around here. And you know, if this is a style that uh, Ukraine is trying to make as part of its, you know, beer national beer identity, then hey, to us, that's a that's a classic style.
1: Um, Lana, you know, you're really pushing this style and trying to get it recognized. Um, So when people drink these beers, what do you want them to think about, both in terms of aromas and flavors, but also the meaning and significance of the beer?
4: So uh, I know, like, uh, to be honest, I have never intended to be a poster girl for this style because... uh, (laughs) Too late now. Yeah, uh, I'm terribly (laughs) late. Uh, But the thing is, I myself don't drink sweet beers. So uh, I like them dry. Uh, oh, okay. So probably, I mean, Ukrainian golden ale wouldn't be my first choice in any tap room, to be honest. But oh no, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm completely honest about it. But uh, the thing is, um, it all started like now. It's the best and the worst time to try to get the style recognized because it has so much weight now added to it. And, like, I don't want, again, I don't want people to think that we want to push it just because we are trying to ride this wave of, you know, like, being on the news all the time. I want it to be, like, something we can call our own so we can claim it because, uh, for me, craft beer is always about um, diversity, uh, an opportunity to, like, choose different things. And... I'm always so much excited by national styles. For example, in Brazil, they have Katarina Sauer. And then I've been to Brazil. Uh, I talk to people asking, like, okay, tell me, how did you manage to get it into the PGCP guidelines? And they say like, well... Um, We just invited some people, uh, we sat and drank different types of uh, beer and like we tried to describe it. And uh, yeah, of course, even there, there were people who said like, oh, it's artificial style, you're trying to create something unnatural. You're just like, okay, what we can add um, to call it our national style. And uh, this is what I don't want to like push. So like the artificiality of it, But if it's still here 13 years later, then it's obviously not a fad. Mm. It's something people drink in big quantities. And again, like this style doesn't make people like beer geeks or craft beer drinkers super excited because it's not a wow beer. It's like it's it's not super bitter. It's not super high gravity. It's nothing like out of... um, out of this world and now people want to be excited all the time but for us it's like a big stepping stone like there is where a lot of people who just drank a glass of that it's like hmm, that's interesting maybe I should just discover more of this so-called craft beers and it's very palatable very agreeable beer so people just naturally drawn to it again, uh, we have like lots of people who like a maltier style of beers because um, during the USSR period, a lot of uh, bigger regional breweries were established with the help of Czech brewers. So lagers in Ukraine, they're more maltier. They're not like German style lagers. They're more like Czech style lagers. And this also helps. Uh, So then this like more maltier profile. It binds people to their memories of beer they had before and it's not very aggressive so yeah it's it's a great stepping stone and um, I think the more national styles we have the better because we can just dis- like discover world through beer and it's always exciting um, yeah the more variety the better so we started this hey, hey. uh, like before war Uh, And that was the idea I asked Michael from Good Beer Hunting, like, does he know somebody who maybe would be interested in brewing a new style? So uh, because to make it a style like international style, other people from other countries have to be exposed to it. So people have to brew it somewhere besides Ukraine. And whenever I travel, I try to bring like few cans or a few bottles of Ukrainian golden ale just to show people this is what I'm talking about, so they can have an impression or at least uh, they're not doing it from j- just from the internet, right? You have to taste it yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I I I want to say, man, I really appreciate your answer there because um, not only does each country need its own style, but I like how you explained how. In this particular case, particularly, it connected to the history of beer in Ukraine, too. So it really is a reflection, not just of Ukrainian ingredients like the coriander, but but of the the history of beer in Ukraine being influenced by the Czechs and all that. So I, I love that answer. Thank you very much, Lana. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Lana, have you worked with any other uh, brewery outside anywhere in Europe or other places to brew Ukrainian golden ale? Or is Cameron the first uh, person you've worked with
2: um
4: i think uh they i think there were some uh ukrainian golden ills brewed in uk uh in november 2021 oh, okay. because again talking about martin uh who's the british brewer uh he worked for Vava for i think two and a half years mm-hmm. and he was also like very excited by the idea of helping to spread the word and he knows a lot of people in uk so we've i think we we've done like five or six golden ales uh in uk and two of them were on cask which were like exciting oh. Oh. as hell <laughs> and people and people said like oh this is like this is a style which really goes well like um, served on cost obviously they had to uh lower abv uh till six so it was the highest they can say like we can't make a very heavy beer uh served on cost because people drink in quantities we w- we don't want people to be super drunk on that beer and <laughs> yeah that, that was super exciting um and i think we like we had ukrainian ale uh brewed in denmark poland uh uh, U.S., UK. Uh, just recently, it was brewed in Japan, and like in November, uh, in the end of November, I went to Zichovets in Czech Republic, and we did one. So it's not released yet, but it's it will be released in in the next maybe week or two weeks.
0: Great. Um, I do have one question. So. Lana this so this style is from the Donetsk region where a lot of the war is being fought do you think that changes the shape of this style or has any you know reflection on the style perhaps no, I don't think so because it uh, the, the
4: first time it was brewed in 2009 and uh, basically war was the reason it started to spread because uh, with the occupation of Donetsk region, uh, mm-hmm. the brewer and the owner of the brewery they had to flee the city. So they split. One of them came to Kiev and started Varvar Brew. Oh, okay. And, and another went to Dnipro and worked there. So um, they continued to brew the style and serve it on the festivals. And it started, like, people who also fleed from that area, they came and saw it, like, and re- recognized it, so they were super happy to see it again. And then they introduced other people, and people started to drink it at the festivals. But, I mean, it's, like, we don't have too many very geeky festivals. It's more like a, I don't know, a fair. So you have, like, lots of breweries serving beer um, in big glasses. Um, So it it's more like a... And like a Christmas fair, probably type of uh, festival, and uh, people were always uh, queuing for it. So, like after a while, other breweries took a note on this, and yeah, they started brewing it as well. Um, But yeah, it's it's a beer which breweries brew mostly if they have a core range. So they have a core range which uh, brings them uh, bread and butter, you know, like breadwinner. So people come back to that beer and they drink it again and again. And sometimes craft breweries, they're making like a one-off as well. But
0: I I don't really think it just like shaping the profile, no. Hmm. Are there any other Ukrainian styles? I know that when I was there, I mean, that was a long time ago, there was a lot of wheat ale that was being drunk. Um is there any other, like, beer style in Ukraine that's, like, besides lager that's quite popular?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, wheat beers are quite popular, uh, but they're more, like, a, in the German tradition. I would say, like, not the Belgian wheats, but
0: uh, German-style wheat, Hefe-Vitens. Um Yeah, because it's served in, like, a hef glass, the Biele, the yeah, white, the white. Yeah, the white yeah, beer. yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, that's right. And, like... Uh, the thing is people usually call this beer uh, unfiltered mm. and it creates a, like lots of funny situations then people come to like, like uh, or send messages to craft breweries like uh, or come to a tap room and like do you have like unfiltered beer and uh, like well yeah all of it is unfiltered because <laughs> filters are very expensive <laughs> and we don't filter a beer at all um, so this is kind of uh very cultural thing. So people call uh wheat beers unfiltered, and like they expect that you say the beer is unfiltered, and they expect it to be like uh hazyish Hazy. because of the yeah. Yeah, and we even had a um, a situation then a, a customer sent us a message like, I I am I'm, I'm holding the bottle of your beer, and it says unfiltered because on the Ukrainian labels you have to put a lot of information. It's like a huge number of information amount, and it it should take. Uh, for example, like pale unfiltered beer, all ingredients, all technical uh, data, like alcohol content, gravity, IBU, everything. Um, It's like, it says unfiltered, but it's crystal crystal clear. Why is that? (laughs) So we had to engage in a lengthy conversation about the like technical stuff and everything. But after that, um, he was super happy about that and said like, oh, I feel smarter now. So yeah, (laughs) Uh, But talking about, um, geeky crowd like tomato beers are like all the rage now for three or four years like they're I'm, everywhere. i'm, I'm,
1: what? I'm, I'm sorry what?
0: Toma- <laughs> tomato beer yes <laughs> tomato beers how how uh, is that how is that made i've, I've got to know
1: yeah um, same.
4: so so basically like um i'm pretty sure you had some uh cucumber gauzes i i know okay. there are some in the u.s yes for sure so it's the same thing but with tomato so it's a, sa- we, it's a sour? Yes, mostly it's goza gauze based Gauze-based um, tomato.
0: Huh. Yeah, hmm.
4: and it, uh, usually they have like lots of spices added, chilies, uh, different types of chilies and um, spice. And the main idea of it is it resembles the pickled tomato. Like every grandma had like three liter jar of pickled tomatoes. Everyone ate them. And this is like... Uh, hits your recognition immediately and this is why it's so hard to like to make people in other countries to like it (laughs) because it's the flavor is so unusual and like don't 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 many people make uh pickled tomatoes and in ukraine we pickle everything like cucumbers tomatoes squashes watermelons grapes whatever give me a vegetable
0: and i can pickle it (laughs) That's. It reminds me of in uh the central some par- central parts of America they mix like domestic lager and tomato juice. And it's called yeah. a red. It's a red beer. That's like yeah. a, a Nebraska, but it yeah, it, Adam, not, but yeah. it's not spiced. Oh. It's just tomato juice. This is a big thing in like Nebraska, South Dakota. And like mm. you'd go and you'd I, I was in like rural Nebraska once and the guy was you just drink it you get your own pitcher of it. And it's called red beer. And you just drink it of the pitcher. And I was like, I don't want one. No, thank you. Yes.
4: <laughs> so then you we, we also have lagers with tomatoes. So, but it, it's easier to explain people like it tastes like maybe a Bloody Mary
0: mm, or okay. a
4: michelada, depending on like where you are coming from. But yeah. like then it's sour, but sour mm-hmm. beer based. It's it's just pickles. Pickles uh, all the way.
3: Hmm. Um, Lana, I'll, Lana, I'll say uh, I'll be happy to try your tomato spiced uh goza but i'll probably be sticking with the golden ale as far as you're not gonna make one (laughs) (laughs)
0: this is where you guys can work together
4: again but that's (laughs) love or hate beer so i'm i'm definitely not imposing this on anyone (laughs) i know which side
1: of that love hate i fall on but (laughs) yeah sorry um i appreciate that that was uh kind of out of left field the tomato beer but um I just wanted to ask both of you, Cameron and and Lana, what do you see as the future of Ukrainian golden ale? Maybe Lana can go first.
4: Well, um, I do hope it will get its place in the guidelines. Uh, So for now, it's on on untapped guidelines. no matter my personal um, attitude to antalk, but it's there already. <laughs> um, it's on European um, beer uh, consumers group. They also have a specific guidelines written by Tim Webb. So we mostly have PGCP left but I know it's like quite a lengthy process of verifying the style. So they have to know it's like, it's not temporary fad. It's, it's brewed at least somewhere else. And it tastes like a proper beer, but not a bad replication of something. So yeah, uh, we will be moving there. Uh, But even if, if it Even if it won't make it, uh, I will be more than happy that it exists at least in Ukraine because we do have something of our own. um, No matter what people think about it, like if it's if if they say it's artificial, or we I I had some people trying to like rally me to uh, introduce the tomato beer as Ukrainian beer style, Mm -hmm. but I mean as a judge, I don't see it um, like a valid style it will just fall into vegetable beers so it's just a specific ingredient and the base can be whatever you want so there is no there is no like any specific uh frames for it i would say um yeah yeah um i'm pretty sure it will continue be drank in like in big quantities because people just like it and it's not offensive and there should be variety and people have to be like happy and content with beer they choose because uh hazy stuff or fruited stuff or um whatever it's not for everyone and I want Great. all the people to enjoy good beer
1: awesome thank you Lana Cameron do you have anything to add there
3: yeah well I mean I can say for for Midwest Coast it'll it'll definitely always continue. Uh, to be brewed here um actually it's it's on our brew schedule for this coming thursday and friday uh the fourth and fifth of january for our uh for our kind of late winter early spring release of the beer and then we'll be making it again in july for uh a late summer early fall release so um it'll always it'll, it'll at least be available uh seasonally around here so we're looking forward to it
1: awesome thank you
3: awesome
0: thank you well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out to each of you about Ukrainian golden ale or anything else, uh, social media handles, how can people reach out to you or learn more about what you do, either at your brewery or wherever?
4: Um, well, I'm a dinosaur, so I'm only on Facebook. <laughs> I don't have any <laughs> other social uh, handles. Uh, so you can reach out through Facebook, Lana Svitinkova, or uh, by email, lana.svitinkova at Gmail. And I will be more than happy to chat with anyone about golden ale or whatever, any any bee related themes, because I'm a huge bee enthusiast. Uh,
3: sure. And for us, you can find us on Instagram at Midwest Coast Brewing uh, and also at MidwestCoastBrewing.com. Uh, you can contact us through either of those channels.
0: Great. Thank you guys so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me here.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers.
0: So Don, what'd you think?
1: Uh, I love that. I, um, as I said, at the beginning of the show, I had, um, I had tried a couple of them and I, and I liked hearing the the history of it. And, um, and of the Ukrainian beer scene more broadly. So uh, I I like that very much. What did you learn?
0: I learned that I don't want a tomato beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a pickle fan, like so. But I like, but I really, really like how every country, and this is why beer is such a fun global. Yes. every country gets to showcase the things that they love and care about, and then other countries can either riff on that or ruin in honor of other places that's why the beer scene is just so awesome
1: yes it's yeah it's like it's a food it's like a food right sure. like and if you like having uh sushi or mm-hmm. butter chicken or you know any yeah bier schnitzel whatever uh i love i love that we can celebrate humankind really mm-hmm. through through food through and beverage yep yes. love it
0: i love it i i do as well yes Visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And again, if you're feeling generous, visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. If you have any questions for the experts, email podcast at allaboutbeer.com. That's also the email for feedback, suggestions, and to inquire about supporting the show through advertising. Don, how can people reach out to you?
1: Oh, I am at the Dawn of Beer on X threads and Instagram, and I love to talk about beer so people can drop me an email at dawn at thedawnofbeer.com. How about you, Em?
0: I am at Pints and Panels across all social media, and my website is www.pintsandpanels.com. Here's a word from our sponsor.
2: Estrella Galicia, where brewing excellence has been a family tradition since 1906, Today, the fifth generation proudly continues the brewery's legacy. Immerse yourself in the rich taste of Galicia with its traditional family recipe, brewed consistently with the same authentic ingredients and methods. Trust them to deliver traditional flavor that's like no other every single time. Estrella Galicia is all about lager, rooted in German brewing heritage. Maintaining its commitment to tradition, they brew exclusively in their brewery in La Coruña. Each beer boasts its own distinctive recipe. No shortcuts, no compromises. Their passion for beer sets them apart as they embrace and celebrate the art of brewing. At Australia Galicia, they love beer above all things. Experience the difference, sip by sip. And attention, brewers! Registration is now open for the 2024 Best of Craft Beer Awards. Now in its 10th year, this is a BJCP-sanctioned event, judged by fellow brewers, professional judges, and industry leaders. Judge in Oregon, it's the third largest professional brewing competition in North America, and it's a chance to have your hard work evaluated and rewarded. In addition to traditional styles, new this year is the Smoothie Sour Style category and the Collaboration Competition. Register your beers through January 31st, 2024 by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register. Don't delay. Learn more and get your beer signed up by visiting bestofcraftbeerawards.com slash register.
0: This show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for articles, notes on this show, and others, and to connect via the newsletter and social media. Cheers, everyone!
1: Cheers! Drink internationally! Hooray!